today on It's Time. But the problem is, when we judge according to the appearance of things, we may not have all the facts. I hear the calling, it's time. It's time. It's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of Galatians. So, turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. have your Bible, I'd like to invite you to open them to the book of Galatians. This is such an important book for doctrine in the church today. So many things are taught without having any biblical foundation in the church today that we need to go back to the Bible to find out what God says is acceptable and unacceptable. Now, Galatians 6 is that chapter in the Bible that really encourages us to walk in the faith that God has given us. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word today, we ask you now that your Holy Spirit would speak to us and give us that wisdom that comes only from you. And so as we study today, may your Holy Spirit speak to every one of us in this room across the world today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been going through the book of Galatians. Paul writes this book, most likely from Antioch. That was his headquarters for the Gentiles. Now, God had sent Peter to the Jews, but he sent Paul to the Gentiles. The Gentiles needed to hear about Jesus, too, and so Paul was the person in which God selected. Now, when we find here that Paul begins to introduce and remind the Galatians, and these are a group of churches scattered throughout modern-day Turkey, he writes to them and he begins to explain to them that Judaizers have crept back in to the church and tried to bring them under the Old Testament law, which now, as new believers in Christ, were free in Jesus. And so he tells us and reminds us all the way through this book not to get tangled back up. In fact, if we go back to chapter 5, verse 1, Stand therefore fast in the liberty which Christ has made us free, and do not become entangled again with the yoke of bondage. The yoke of bondage that he's speaking of is the Old Testament rules and regulations to approach God. Well, look how good I am, God. I did this. I didn't do this. I did this. I didn't do this. And so on the list goes. Somehow, that somehow from our flesh, we generate righteousness. Paul says it never comes that way. All the good things about you and me come from Jesus. You know that day when you heard the message of the gospel, that we were sinners, that we were separated from God. But God doesn't want to be alienated from us. He wants to be our friend. What was lost in the Garden of Eden, when God would come and walk with man in the cool of the evening, and Eve, the Bible says was lost when they rebelled against God, but Jesus wants to restore that back and give us back what we had lost. And so because God wants to be our friend, 
How then am I made righteous to be in his presence? Something I could never do. When I prayed and asked Jesus to come into my life, ask him to forgive my sins, acknowledge what he did for me and you on the cross, he puts his Holy Spirit inside of us and begins his restorative process. That's what's so great about God. God changes us from the inside out. Most religions today try to change you from the outside in. It doesn't work that way. Because what is good about us is what God born into us, not what we are going to somehow perfect in ourselves. Well, we get to chapter 6. This is such an interesting chapter because it's really the essence of how church and fellowship should operate. Not often, friends, what you see today going on in the church. Now, let me explain. He says, brethren... If a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you be tempted. I was reading some notes from Martin Luther. Now, Martin Luther is the same guy that nailed 500 years ago on Halloween, on the 31st of October, 95 things that he felt was wrong with the Catholic Church. The selling of indulgences. Well, you know, for so much money, okay, well, God will turn his face. You can go down, party down, and then, you know, you're all forgiven. All these different things he nailed to the Wittenberg door. Well, what it tells us is that, that uh, Martin Luther said, one of the church fathers then said, my friend sin today, I need to be careful, I may sin tomorrow. It, it's the way we respond. Again, he says, brethren, if you see anyone overtaken in a trespass, put it on the internet. No, it doesn't say that, does it? If you see somebody overtaken in a trespass, tell everybody but him. No, it doesn't say that. You who are spiritual, restore such a one. Now, we're going to stop right there for a minute. You who are spiritual. Oh, I'll tell you. Well, I guess that would be talking about me. I'm spiritual. No, that's what a lot of times people think. This is what verse 3 is about. Now, let's look at verse 3, and then we're going to come back. If anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Boy, we've got to be careful. Don't you hate it when you go up and say, hey, bro, see you're struggling with this sin. And he goes, yeah, I see you've been struggling with this one too. Oh, you go, oh my goodness. Got to be careful here. You know, sometimes we can have an attitude of ourselves that isn't real. I remember um, one time I was down at Newport Beach, if anybody knows where that's at. There's a little restaurant called The Crab Cooker. Great seafood. This is not a commercial. I'm just saying it's a good place to eat. While I'm there, there's a line getting in because it's always a busy place. And while I'm there, I listen to two guys talking in line. And this guy goes, well, how do you like working here? And he said, at at the company. And he says, well, I really do. Thanks for inviting me out to dinner tonight. He said, um, boy, I almost got after a guy the other day in the parking lot. Had kind of shabby clothes on, holes in his shoes. Had an old tattered coat on. He was picking up trash. I think he was looking in all the cars. I was going to run him off. And the guy says, good thing you didn't do that. He goes, why? He goes, that's the owner of the company. You know, it's funny sometimes we like to judge according to the appearance of things. But the problem is when we judge according to the appearance of things, we may not have all the facts. 
such as the person that you think is the bum in the parking lot, is the owner of the company. That actually happened to me one time here. I was vacuuming the floor. Um, I was not only the pastor, but I was also the janitor in part as well. And I was vacuuming the floor. These two people come through the front doors of the church, and, they, and I had long hair. Uh, I was a sight to see. They came in and they said, we want to see the pastor. And I said, really? And they go, they go, yeah. So I shut the vacuum off and I said, follow me. So I took him down the hallway. I took him into my office. I sat him down in the chair. And then I went over and sat in the chair by my desk. They were flabbergasted. They had no idea. And I think this is one of the reasons why we need to treat people, all of us, each other in Christ with the same love that Jesus treats us. You don't know who you're talking to. And this happens many, many times. And I think all of us have probably heard a story in one way or another were of mistaken identity. He says, if anyone sees somebody in a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. The word restore in the Greek means to set as if a person had broken their arm and you were putting it in a cast. That is what restore means. It means to make it like it was before. And by the way, that requires care. That requires knowledge. In other words, you just don't want, uh, you know, uh, your local mechanic to be setting your arm in a cast. You want what? A trained doctor to do that. Because he might, you know, you get up in the morning and your hand may be on backwards, you know. So you want to be sure that who's working on you is skilled. Well, here's the thing. If anyone sees somebody in a trespass, a sin, and by the way, how do you get into trespasses? That's a good question. Sometimes it's through weakness. Sometimes we're just weak in different areas. And I've talked to people who God has delivered them from so much, and yet there will continue, unfortunately, to be a weakness in their life that it seems that that's going to haunt them for the rest of their life. Never give up on the power of God to deliver you from those things that have been a lifelong issue. So first of all, we can find trespasses coming through weakness. The second time, we, uh, the second one is we can just find it through folly, just being goofy and getting ourselves into things we shouldn't get ourselves into. The third one is infirmities. We just have infirmities in our flesh that God wants to deliver us from. Now, God has put us in a family, in a body, to watch out for one another, not to point out the fault, but to come around and help that person out of that. I've shared this many times before, but it was so stark as I remember it. This brother that I knew had a house Uh, His parents went to Europe, and he had this big house with like eight rooms in it. This was down in Walnut, California, when I was uh, down at a church uh, there at Walnut uh, on staff there. And uh, I remember that they came to this, the elders of the church, not of the church I was part of, but uh, the, the elders of this church came to this guy, and they said, we're here to tell you, you shouldn't have all these women living in your house. Because what he would do, he'd go out and do street witnessing. And, and, and they'd get saved. They had nowhere to go. They were thrown out of their house. Uh, their boyfriends didn't want them. And he had all these, so he had like eight girls living in his house. 
Well, the elders of this church were very indignant. And so they came over to his house, knocked on his door. They opened the door. They come in. We have a discussion. We have an issue we want to speak to you about. And he says, okay, say on. And they said, well, we, the Bible says to abstain from all appearances of evil. And you have all these women living in your house. And you, that is wrong. And he says, brothers, I am so glad you're here. He goes, I've been thinking about the same thing. So I'll send these three uh, girls home with you, Brother John. I'll send these three girls home with you, Brother Tom. I'll send these. We don't want them in our house. He goes, so in other words, you want me to throw them out on the street. You find what's wrong, but you will do nothing to lift the problem. You'll do nothing to lift the burden. And they went away dumbfounded because they realized they could point out the problem, but they were powerless to do anything about it. Well, scary. So he says, you are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of what? Gentleness. Like if you are going to set a person's broken arm to restore it. Gentleness. Now here's, the, here's how we get the gentleness. Considering yourself, lest you also me may be tempted. Wow. In other words, when we're doing good, when we're in season, everything's well, I can become very critical of others that aren't doing what I'm doing. But when I fail to realize that I can get into trouble, either through weakness, folly, or infirmity, how would I want someone to respond to me? Because he says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ. I thought we as Christians were free from the law. No, there was two laws Jesus gave us. Remember? They came to Jesus and they said, what is the most important command? Now, I can just see them going around saying, hey, boink, boink, we got this one wired. What is the most important command? Now, again, remembering the Ten Commandments, the requirements of the Old Testament law, all those things, I imagine because of self-righteousness, they thought, well, look how good we are. We got this wired. Jesus, what's the most important command? Jesus said to love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit. And then Jesus, always giving more than you ask for, said, and the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. He said, upon these two commands, these two laws, hang all the law of the Old Testament. In other words, the whole Old Testament was summarized, love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit, love your neighbor as yourself. So when he says here, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, what law was that? Well, first of all, that's the way we are to love God, is to be kind to one another. Amazing, isn't that? To be kind to one another, not necessarily approving of the sin, but being someone as a brother that comes out. You know, there's people that, and, and, and you know, anybody that's ever been in AA knows a little of this principle. You have what's called, anybody knows what? A sponsor, okay? And what does that sponsor do? That's who you call when you find yourself with the urge to drink, party down, watch television, whatever AA blend you're in, TA, television, I don't know, whatever it could be. Whatever it is that you're into, PA, porn anonymous, I don't know. 
But whenever you find yourself getting weak, you call who? Your sponsor and say, help. Now, I do believe this is important. Because sometimes, friends, we will find ourselves in sins we can't get out of. Now, I know this sounds weird. I believe God delivers us from every sin. But how God delivers us from is important. I met this person one time in my life. I knew I got sucked in. And I knew I was in trouble. And this was many years ago. And I didn't know what to do. And I didn't have the strength in myself to get out of the relationship. So I called a brother that I knew. And I said, hey, will you go with me? And he said, sure. And so when I went there, with, there's just things you won't do around it. And the thing is, I was, I was able to get free of that. We need each other. Not in a critical heart, not in a condescending, oh, woo, 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 but rather, hey, I'm here to help you get out of whatever you're in. Again, when we see somebody and maybe they're shacked up, maybe they're living together, we say, oh, they're shacked up living together. Instead of going, you're shacked up living together, uh, you're a sinner saying, hey, you know what? I know you're not married. And how about you come live with me until you guys can figure out what you want to do? You see the difference? We can fault sin. We can be like the, 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 the group of elders that knock on the door saying, you shouldn't have these girls living in your house, but I'm not going to do a thing to correct the problem. That's what, what love isn't. Love is saying, I'm going to put myself in the situation in God's love. As it says here, and it's so important, In gentleness, the spirit of gentleness, considering considering yourself. How would you want someone to respond to you if it was you instead of them? Off with their heads. No, you don't want to do that. You want to go back and say, look, I want to bless you. I want to come in here and help you get out of whatever it is that's troubling you. And then he goes on, as we already read, for anyone who thinks himself to be something, oh, by the way, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ is the love of God. That's how we love God, through loving each other in part. But also the second part of Christ's law was to love one another, defend one another. Now, again, we talked about gossip and what it does and how it destroys and all these different things. It's a dangerous place to be if we allow ourselves to fall into that. Then it says, if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Now, now here's why it says that. Let each one examine his own work. Now, by their fruits, you will know them. That's what we really want to look at. Not by their failures, because if we're judged by failures, we're no different than the world. But it's by their fruit, you know who they are. What are they doing for the kingdom of God? Do you see fruit in their life? If you see fruit in your life, you know what's of God. That's the way it works. Let each one examine his own work. Now, again, sometimes it's good that other people see what you're doing, but sometimes I think it's good to take self-analysis and take an inventory of where we're at. Now, again, I believe that we have Thanksgiving. Well, really, for a Christian, Thanksgiving should be all the time. Why is that? Because Thanksgiving always requires us to take an inventory of how God has blessed us. And by taking that inventory and how God has blessed us, we then can take those blessings and bless others. That's the way it works. 
So it says, let each one examine his own work. And then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Now that's a weird verse. But if you think about it, it keeps us from gossip. Why do people gossip? Why do people tear somebody else down? Uh, It's really weird. Uh, Because the thing is, I do believe the bottom line in gossip is to lift ourselves up to say, look, I'm not as bad as that one over there. When in reality, we're filled of pride. We're filled of all these other things that the Bible warns about that masquerade as righteousness that are really as dark as it gets. So he says, he'll rejoice in himself. Why? Because you know you're doing what God's called you to do. You know, it's a good thing to take inventory of your life. I I know sometimes it's really painful. (laughs) In fact, I, years ago, my dad, we had a boat and, uh, as a typical teenager, I wanted to put a radio in it. And my dad says, no radios. And I thought he just didn't like uh, the Beatles, you know. But that wasn't what it was about. You see, when you go get away and you take all the noise away and all the TVs and all the radios and all the distractions and the cell phones and all that stuff, you're faced with yourself. And that can either be a great joy as you see yourself in Christ or a great terror realizing you're an empty person. I was listening to um, some of these television actors. I think Jim Carrey was the, the guy. And I listened to an interview. And basically he was saying, I don't even know who I am anymore. He played so many parts in so many different movies that somewhere along the way he didn't know who he was anymore. That's always the problem when you play to the crowd. When you play to the crowd, you will always lose your identity because we become a people pleaser rather than a God pleaser. You know, when you're steadfast in the Lord, when you look, as it says here, examine your own work, you're going to be steadfast in who you are. In other words, God is the one that defines who you are. Let each one examine his own work. So we find a couple of commands here. I don't know if you notice this. One, we're to look at where we're going in our life. You know, a lot of people do that and don't like where they're going. You know, have you looked at your life? Have you seen where you're going? You know, a lot of times you won't know where you're going unless you look a little bit of where you've been. And if, and, and if, and if the train ain't coming in on the station on time, you might want to examine where the train ran off the tracks. That's important. So he says, let each one examine his own work. That's one of the things we are to do. The other thing it says uh, that we are to examine ourselves. Uh, The other thing it says, if you see anyone overtaken in a trespass, restore them. So we find a lot of commands here that we're, uh, when we see things, but it's how we do it. So we find love is the key. We fulfill the law of Christ by doing what we do in love. You know, I want to be really careful not to be a disciplinarian as much as I am a brother in the Lord. That's what we're called to be. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website 
at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.